Well, hello there to all of you. Thank you so much for coming back. I have just returned only a couple of days ago from a trip, and I have an amazing tale to tell you about it. It might seem that all my learning experiences come when I'm away, which isn't true. I'm not away all that much, and I certainly learn a lot in my own house, but this one was really quite remarkable. We will call it the amazing tale of unshakable serenity, something you really want to aspire to. So, a very dear friend of mine and I went to a retreat on healing relationships in Romania, of all places. By the way, the local population would do well to embrace some of that, given what happened next. And the class was very good. We enjoyed it very much. And we had planned three days of sightseeing afterwards. And we had been sent suggestions for what to do with that extra time. So I must say that in the beginning, the trip started out wonderfully. A dear friend and I went. We had traveled together before in groups, but never just the two of us together. We've known each other for 25 years. We greatly admire one another's work. And I would call her the 100% perfect travel companion. We seem to be in sync about absolutely everything for the entire trip. So it started off on a really high note. What can I say? This retreat took place in the Carpathian Mountains in the resort area of Sinaia. And at the end of our retreat, late Sunday afternoon, the retreat was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we were speaking with one of the staff who planned this, and we said, well, we're going to rent a car tomorrow and do some sightseeing. And she looked at us and she said, well, you're courageous. And we thought, what's to be courageous about renting a car? After all, we thought she thought we would get lost, which we wouldn't. I'm a good navigator. So a little while later, we're out and we end up chatting with a young man, probably college age, who was skateboarding. And we were looking for the same place, and that's how we came to visit with one another. And when he found out we were from the United States, he said, do people in the U.S. really follow the driving laws? And we said, well, yes, certainly, for the most part, they do. And he said, well, he had a friend who was visiting over here, and he kept getting traffic tickets for what he thought was something perfectly okay, like making a U-turn in the middle of highway traffic or something, we still didn't get it at this point. So the next morning, Monday, we go down to the hotel desk and we inquire, where do we find the car rental place? He said, there are no car rental places in this town, nor in the little one next door. Okay, so this is the beginning of strangeness where our serenity and our sense of lighthearted fun is never broken. It was amazing. So we said, okay, well then we'll hire a taxi and we will go to the city of Brajov, which is about an hour's drive away, which we do have a wonderful time, rent this little tiny car at the Avis dealer. We had asked for an automatic transmission and got a stick shift and said, and by the way, life was looking after us because it turns out Without that stick shift, we could have been in very big trouble. We didn't know that at the time. So the girl there says, you must go 
to the city of Sigishwara, which was about 65 miles the opposite direction from where we thought we wanted to go. But she said, you must. And that meant driving uphill up into the mountains with what turned out to be a lot of switchbacks and so on and so forth. So we start out of the city of Brashov and we still don't get what we're about to find ourselves in the midst of. We're going through a roundabout and everybody knows that when you go through a roundabout, if you want to peel off to make a turn, you need to be on the outside. Well, some guy who was on the inside lane decided he wanted to exit and his car shot across three lanes of traffic in front of us. We thought, wow, that's really dangerous. So we proceed out of the city onto the highway and discover that the drivers in Romania play some sort of a high-speed game of road rage chicken with some heavy-duty bullying thrown into the mix, by the way. There are marked signs for the speed limits. There are marked no passing lanes, and no one seems to pay attention to any of them. We thought, what have we gotten ourselves into the middle of? So the problem is that everybody passes, whether there's oncoming traffic or not, whether you're going around blind curves, switchbacks, there are no shoulders on either side of the road for the whole time we're going. And everybody plays this game of chicken. So that if you've got a passing car who's about to smash into oncoming traffic, then everybody has to figure out how to let this person in so that everybody on both sides of the road won't be taken out in one giant crash. And as you can imagine, no one has the option of opting out of this. Once you're in the middle of this traffic madness, there's no way you cannot play this same game. It was unbelievable. My dear friend Becky turns out to have some sort of latent ability as a NASCAR driver, and it was like being in the middle of a video game. It was unbelievable and our sense of serenity never is broken. We should have been screaming, heart-pounding, adrenaline-pumping, and instead we're having this marvelous time, which makes no sense, but that's what happens. So we arrive unscathed, although I don't know how, because of the near misses. She said, you know, nobody is going to believe us. When we tell them what this driving is like, they're going to presume we're exaggerating. But we weren't. I mean, there were near misses that would be measured in inches, not feet or yards. A couple of times, our bodies involuntarily inside the car leaned over to the right as if to avoid an impact of somebody passing us and cutting in front of us. It was amazing. So we managed to get to Sigishwara alive, which was wonderful. And she had told us we must go there to see all the sites. And it is a marvelous place. It's one of the best preserved medieval cities in all of Europe. It's been occupied since the 6th century BC, and the more recent occupants have been there since about 1280, and it's marvelously preserved. And we had a wonderful time walking around, but it turns out that everything was closed. The church was closed, the tower was closed, the torture chamber was closed. It turns out everything is closed on Monday. 
too bad the girl didn't tell us that. And somehow, for some reason, we are still high as kites. We are in some sort of a peaceful state that nothing can shake. So we're doing a whole lot of not getting our way, and it just doesn't matter at all. We are able to go into the birthplace of Vlad the Impaler. Read up on your Eastern European history to find out what a bad guy he was, as the world understands bad guys. He was the character that was made famous in the fictional novel about Count Dracula. So the real Vlad the Impaler and the fictional Count Dracula have now been so intertwined they'll probably never be able to be separated. But nevertheless, what was open was Vlad's birthplace. So that was pretty interesting. He was born in 1431, in case you need to know that someday. So we leave town, have another encounter with a great big trash truck who wanted to <laughs> to play chicken with us, and we thought surely he was going to take out the whole side of our car and we would have bought a car. But we missed by about the, the breadth of a hair. And back to Brashov, again, unscathed, having a wonderful time, go to the places they said to be sure to visit once we came back. They were closed, too. Well, the more we weren't getting our way, the funnier the whole thing became. It was just amazing. Next day, Tuesday, the places that we were also recommended to go were not only closed on Monday, they were also closed on Tuesday. But we did get into a monastery and we did ride a gondola up to the top of the mountains because Sanaya is a ski area in the wintertime, and it was just simply gorgeous. Well, since we couldn't get into a lot of these places, we went down to Bucharest early. A lot more terrible traffic, but at least that was a straight highway, not hills and blind curves, so that was good. Very weird driving, however. So we get ourselves there, turn in the car at the Avis place in Bucharest, and we said the drivers in this town are, or in this country are just terrible. And she said, yes, they are. They're the worst drivers in the world, except for the people in Morocco. And we thought, oh, well, we didn't make this up. This was really unbelievable. And when we told the tour guide the next day, because once again, we tried to get on a tour and they were all sold out. So we had to hire a private guide. And we told her we had rented a car and she nearly shrieked, oh no, you didn't. And we said, well, we did. And we managed to survive. And to prove our point, we took a picture of a billboard that's in the midst of the city, the heart of the city of Bucharest, that shows two silhouette large figures fighting each other. They're bright red, symbolic figures going to hand-to-hand combat, kicking each other, and they have cars in places of heads, and it says, stop traffic violence. So even the people who live there wish that it weren't so bad. Anyway, it was just amazing. So we didn't get to do a lot of things we wanted to do, and we were in totally grave danger, as the world understands such things, and nothing could have been more delightful. So how in the world did this happen? How could we have so, you might say, not gotten our way And we had such a lighthearted, fun time. Well, here's how. One, set the goal ahead of time. 
decide that having fun, being gracious, loving the people you're around, being open to what goes on is what you intend to do and do it. The second thing is drop those stories that we all carry from our earliest years about who did what to whom so that your mind can be open and clean for new experience and not have everything filtered through old hurts, old patterns, old conditioning, a tall order, but one certainly worth attempting. Three, be grateful for absolutely everything, no matter how perilous it may seem, knowing that life is trustworthy. The heart of what we are knows what's going on, knows that those we meet are those we need to meet, and the experiences we need will happen. So, the moral of the story is this. We tend to think that we can only be serene if we get our way. Well, actually what happens is you establish your serenity first, and then the experiences happen within that serenity. We've always believed that the events and circumstances got to decide whether we would be serene or not. Well, that's just not true. So we didn't get our way, and we weren't safe from the world's perspective much of the time. No problem. Serenity pays off. It's worth moving to that place of peace of mind and doing whatever you need to do, looking at whatever you need to look at, releasing whatever you need to release to live in that state. So it not only allows you to feel wonderful, to be lighthearted, to enjoy everything that's happening, no matter what, but it could save your life. Take that to heart. I'll see you next time. Bye.